Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. Oh my God, I'm sick. I'm sorry we're late this week. I'm genuinely sorry. You know, sometimes I'd be like, it's late and I ain't sorry. I'm genuinely sorry this week. I'm in D.C. right now. I traveled from L.A. to Miami and I brought all my equipment with me to do the podcast because I knew I was going to be on the East Coast for a while. But I had every intention of getting this episode up on time. Okay, sort of on time because I should have taped it on Wednesday because I was fine Wednesday. And then I woke up Thursday morning and was like, the fuck? I can't breathe. I'm on the upswing, I guess now. I laid in the bed all day Thursday like a lump, like a sad, sweating, gross lump. And I'm full of meds, probably kind of high right now, even if I don't feel like it. But I guess the fact that I can breathe out my nose probably means that I am kind of high. And I apologize for my voice because even to me, it sounds weird. So I'm sure it sounds a little odd to y'all as well. But here I am, nonetheless. During this brief moment of breathing out of my nose time, here to deliver another episode of Ratchet and Respectable. This is going to be another random episode. I'm not drunk this week. I'm I'm high on cold meds. I've had so much Theraflu. It actually works. I really wish I had a hot toddy. What's going on in my world? Other than being trapped in D.C., I went from L.A., to Miami for ABFF, from Miami to D.C. to be with my dad for Father's Day. My mother came out to L.A. for Mother's Day, and I was like, oh, Daddy, are you coming to L.A. for Father's Day? And he was like, no. So I was like, uh, okay, should I come to D.C.? And he was like, uh, yeah, you could do that. <laughs> it's like you have one child. Do you not want to be with your child on Father's Day? Seriously? So I came out here. For him, it was a perfectly lovely Father's Day. We didn't do shit. I thought, oh, I'm going to come out for Father's Day and we're going to go out to eat and we're going to do like, you know, daddy-daughter things. And I I was like, Dad, what do you want to do? And he was like, nothing. And I was like, Dad, where do you want to go? Because, you know, I just flew here from Miami to spend Father's Day with you. Where do you want to go? And he was like, nowhere. And I was like, you don't want to do anything and you don't want to go anywhere. And he was like, no. And then he was like, oh, you know what? I want to see, uh, I want to see Avant. On, on the Netflix, he means the Black Godfather. So I was like, so for Father's Day, you want to watch Netflix? And he was like, no, nah, I don't want to watch it now. Set it up for me now so I could watch it when I get up in the morning. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, do you want me to watch it with you? Like, we can watch, like, the documentary together? Because I've seen it. It was amazing. I, I watched that thing three or four times. And he was like, I get up at 5 a.m. So I was like, oh, okay, so let me set it up for you so you can watch it by yourself in the morning. Okay, that's all he wants to do is watch Netflix. Every night before my father goes to bed, he tells me what he wants to watch on Netflix in the morning so I can set it up for him. And I was like, oh, okay, like, well, do you want me to show you how to set it up so you can watch it, like, when I'm not here? And he was like, no. So he watched Claire Savant, and then the next night I set up the Quincy documentary. He liked that a lot. And then now he's been watching When They See Us. He made it through part one from start to finish. He stopped in the middle of part two because it was it was too much. And I was like, part one was the hard part. But, you know, different triggers hit people different ways. He's midway through part two. We took off this morning. 
I think he'll start up with part two again and maybe through part three. I'm trying to get him through the end of the series before I leave, which I don't even know when that is because I didn't get a return ticket. So maybe I'll leave Wednesday. Maybe I'll leave Saturday. I don't know. I got to go back to L.A. at some point, which I actually miss L.A. It's really weird. I'm kind of disappointed in myself and how quickly I reverted to like one of those people of the West. I have like a million friends that live in LA and I always tease them like, oh, you went Hollywood, ha ha ha. And then like, now that I live there, I'm like, oh yeah, I see how easy this could happen. I mean, driving around Maryland and DC, taking deep sighs, like, there are no mountains. It's very green and lush here. In LA, people will be like, oh, there was so much rain in the spring and it's so lush. And I'm like, no, your mountains are a little patchy, a little patchy. That's This is not lush. I've seen lush before. Maryland and D.C. is actually lush. It's like Technicolor green. It's actually like freakishly, beautifully bright. But there are no palm trees. There are no mountains. I miss looking at mountains. I also realized that, like, I think because Maryland is home, I didn't really think about it in this way. But now that, like, I'm living in another major city again, and it's not the city that I'm accustomed to... I'm back here and I'm like, yo, I live in the sticks. I do. I can't even deny it. Like, I live in the burbs in L.A. I'm in the valley. But, like, I live in the sticks in in Maryland. It's not bad. It's just, it's a lot of just random land. I'm like, y'all don't want to build nothing on this? Commercial real estate? No? Okay, you're just going to let this land sit. I guess. I miss my daily harvest. I ordered a box to the house. I made a green smoothie one morning. My mother was like, what is this? <laughs> She's disgusted. She's like, what is this? It's like, oh, mommy, it's a, it's a spinach it's a spinach shake. She's like, it's green. Yes, it's green. It's good. Do you want one? She just blank stared me. She didn't even answer the question. She's not my fave right now. I mean, I'm kind of joking. But seriously, I'm sick as shit. I'm an only child, right? My mother isn't retired. My dad is. So I'm sick, like sick, sick, like look pathetic, face puffy, eyes red, like sick, sick. I was like, mommy, can you stay home from work to take care of me? She was like, no, just like that. Like not even like, oh, poor baby, my little honey. I was like, mommy, I'm sick. You only have one child. Can you stay home and take care of me? And she was like, you have a father. He's capable. Who says that? Who who says that to their child? Their only child. It's like, I am the reason you are a mother. You won't take care of me? I know that's obnoxious only child shit. Yes, because I'm sick. In fairness, my father took lovely care of me. He knocked on the door every two hours. Do you need anything? You want some juice? You want some food? I can run out and get something. You want some medicine? You want me to take you to the doctor? I am kind of glad I'm not like sick in L.A. Like, I love my loft. It's a bit sterile, though. And I'm still living out of boxes. Whole nother story. It does feel good to be sick in the comfort of my old bed. I still miss L.A. feel like there's a conspiracy to trap me on the East Coast now. I keep trying to leave. And people are like, oh, take this meeting in New York. I'm like, I have to go back home. Take this meeting. Come see this. Come do that. I still do need to go to New York, though. I haven't been up there since I've been back. I've been back for five days now, six days. I've been back since Sunday. 
I still haven't made it up to New York. I'm not going back to L.A. before I go to New York, though. I mean, I have to take meetings and stuff. But there's a couple of exhibits that I want to see, art exhibits. There's a great exhibit at the African American Museum in Philly. Famu, I'm going to butcher his name, and I'm terribly sorry. I just, I don't know how to pronounce it correctly. Famu Picot, is that how you pronounce it? I went to his art exhibit in LA, and it was really dope, and he has a bigger one in Philly. So I really like his work, and I want to check that out. I want to go to the Met. I want to see the camp exhibition, the the Met Gala. The, the theme was camp. They have a really big exhibition at um at the Met in New York. So I want to see that. And every time I go to the Met, I always go on the roof. I love to see that view of Central Park and Manhattan. There's a Do the Right Thing exhibit in Brooklyn. I want to catch that as well. There's another exhibition at the Ford Foundation Gallery. I don't know what the theme of it is, but it's a bunch of black people. So I want to check that out while I'm in the city and then hang out with a couple of my friends. There are a few of them still left in the city. Most of them are from New York or raising families there, so they're not leaving. The few of them that remain that are holding down the city. I'm on an active campaign to get them to move to L.A. as well. I've become one of those people, too. L.A. promptly put me on the recruitment committee. I've got like three friends from New York who have moved to L.A. just since I've been there or who are in the process of moving. And I've only been there three months. Not even three months. It'll be three months, uh, July 3rd. Look at that. I want to go home. And I know everyone from Maryland and New York like, but you are home. Stop it. L.A. is home. I know. I know. So ABFF almost didn't make it. Recorded the podcast the night before. Had a 4 a.m. pickup for my car. Woke up at 3.58. Luckily, I had packed the night before and showered. So I just had to throw on some clothes. I got in the car at 4.15. Made it to the airport in plenty of time. Sitting at the gate, it's 5.45. Plane's supposed to leave at 6. Ain't nobody boarded yet. 5.50. They make an announcement. Yeah, so the 6 a.m. flight nonstop from LAX to Miami has been canceled. The next flight will be at noon. If you don't have a connecting flight, we won't be putting you on another flight. You'll just have to wait and, yeah, have an awesome day. They were serious about that. They were like, yeah, no, you don't have a connecting flight? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no. But you know I tried to argue. There was an 830 leaving LAX to Miami, a nonstop. So I tried to get on that one. By the time I got through to somebody, it was like 57 people on the wait list. So I was like, that's a wrap. And I was on a plane with some recognizable faces. So an actor from Insecure, an actress from Ambitions. And there was somebody else. Like, you kind of know sometimes that, like, oh, that person's famous, but you don't know where you know them from or how they're famous, but they just look like somebody famous. And then I kept seeing him all over ABFF, and I never figured out who he was. He's kind of cute. I should have just walked up and been like, hey, weren't you on my flight? But I didn't. I was focused on work. So I got to Miami. I was supposed to get in at 2. I finally ended up getting in at 11. Car took me straight to my hotel. Everyone's hitting me up with invites. Like, where are you? Where are you? We're here. We're there. Why aren't you responding? Because I've been on a flight in airplane mode, sis. I was only going to be in Miami for two nights. What I should have done is lay my ass down and go to bed. So I'd be nice and refreshed for my big day in the morning. Where TV One is announcing, don't waste your pretty as a TV film. That's what I should have done. What do you think I did? I went back to the hotel 
got some coffee, put on Teflon Dawn, took a shower, beat my face, and went partying. Went to some Netflix party. It's actually really good. All my friends from New York were there. I rolled up Dolo, and it was like 20 people that I knew. They'd been there all night. One of my friends was there with one of her sorors, who's there with one of her homeboys. And the soror and the homeboy are from L.A. So I was like, oh, I just moved. They were like, do you like it? I was like, actually, I love it. I just need more black people. And I need to hang out with people who are actually from L.A. Because I feel like I'm getting the transplant version of the city as opposed to like the city. Like I need to meet people who are from L.A. And they're like, well, what do you know? We're from L.A. Like they're cool as fuck. I assume they were from New York or the East Coast because that's how I know people to be cool as fuck. And they were like, no, people who are from L.A. are actually cool as fuck. My girl was like, I have a 6 a.m. flight. I'm going to bed. Good night. You can hang out with them. So I did. There was an all white party at Nikki Beach. We tried to go to that. We took a car over there, but it was 2 a.m. And it was the let out. Dude in the car was like, look at all this linen. You know, black people love linen. We love white parties and we love linen. And he was like, this is the linen let out. We tried to leave there and go to Story. They wanted $60 a head to party with people who looked like they were 21. I was like, I'm not paying a goddamn dime to get in this party. Actually, why am I trying to go in this party and party with 21-year-olds? I'm good. We ended up going back to the hotel thinking the bar might be popping. That didn't work. You know how sometimes you just don't want to go in the house or you don't want to go upstairs? Like, you're like, I'm here. I'm going to make the most of it. Oh, another thing. Both of these people are parents. If you're not trying to have a full turn up, you can't hang out with parents because that's all they want to do. It's no, it's no eight. It's no seven. They're like 11 to 15. It's, it's unreasonable. We ended up going across the street drinking margaritas till four o'clock in the morning. At some point, I was like, you know what? I have a 9.30 a.m. call time. I might want to drag myself across the street and go to bed. So that's what I did. Good times. Really cool people. I can't wait to connect with them when I get back to L.A. So I woke up dragging because my ass ain't had no business being out that late. And I go to the rehearsal for the table read for Don't Waste Your Pretty. I don't know what I thought that experience was going to be. It turned out being very emotional for me. In short, there's a script for Don't Waste Your Pretty. The screenwriter, Katrina Ogilvie, and I have been working on it for a while, many months at this point. I've read the script a million times, each version of it. I've read it out loud, you know, to get a sense of of the pacing, because how you write and how you speak are two entirely different things. It's a different ear. But I've never, you know, had professional actors and actresses read it out loud. So it was very like, oh, wow, like this is... This is kind of what people mean when they say something about like their, you know, their project coming to life. It's coming to life. Like they're, they're making it real as opposed to words on a page. So the actors were Roshan, who's playing Bobby DeBarge in the upcoming TV One film. If you haven't seen the commercials, you might also know him as the little boy who'd been beating Zora on Greenleaf. Crazy the range of actors. He's actually like 28 I think 27, 28 in real life. And he plays a teenager on Greenleaf. It's crazy. China Lane was also one of the actresses. She plays Mecca on She's Gotta Have It. She's so sweet. She's bestie in your head type girl in real life. 
she's actually a little softer on the show than she is in real life. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that as in a, I'm a guess she's from New York kind of way. It's a familiar, like, I got to get to know you. And then once I know you, you're good. She's really sweet, though. And then Melinda Williams from Soul Food. Do you not know how many times I've watched Soul Food? I've seen every episode multiple times. I wanted to be like, bird, bird. And I was like, she would be like, this chick is nuts. So I was like, hi, Melinda. It's very nice to meet you. I was like that with all of them. I was like, oh, hello. It's very nice to meet you. Like, it's just the most casual thing in the whole wide world to, like, be meeting people all together that you've been watching on TV for decades, years, and seasons in some cases. But they're all very sweet. They read the script or parts of the script, excerpts from the script. And like within 30 minutes, they start acting like the characters. Like they take on the demeanor of of the characters. And they also memorize most of the lines. Like every once in a while, they look at the script to, you know, check something. But more or less, like they memorize the lines in 30 minutes. And I was like, that's an art. That's a talent that I don't have. But even in the rehearsals, when everyone's like in, you know, regular clothes, and I'm I'm sitting there watching from the audience while they're on stage, and like my ass got weepy because I was like, oh wow, like this thing that Katrina and I have toiled over is actually like a thing. Like it's it's yeah. Like I remember sitting at my desk in New York writing Don't Waste Your Pretty and then rewriting it because the first version I didn't particularly care for. I I pushed the book back by about six months to rewrite it because it just wasn't up to par. I knew it wasn't up to par. I was trying to get it out by a deadline and it wasn't my best work. So I rewrote it. I just, I remember toiling and trying to meet the deadline and I self-published that book. And so I remember the photo shoot for it. You know, I paid for all that stuff. And I remember the cover designer, like going back and forth about the shades of pink and the font and writing the back copy and all of that stuff. And I was grateful that I knew how to do it. I had my background in book publishing. So I knew how to put all that stuff together. But just to, to create a product and like I started a publishing company in order to get it out because... The publishing company that had done A Bell in Brooklyn, Atria, Simon & Schuster, wasn't able to get it out on the timeline that I needed. And I was very grateful to them where they were just like, we'll let you, we'll let you out of your option. Just go on and do it because I know that, you know, you've got this platform and you want to get the book out. So get it out. So I was very grateful to them for that. But it was just such an undertaking. Like I had to learn how to format a book. Like I had to get it copy edited. Like it was, it was a mess. But it all happened and it got out. And that's all I ever wanted from it. Like, I wanted to put the book out. I just wanted it to be in the world. I never thought it was going to turn into anything more than just a book. I was impressed when it was a hashtag. If you check the Don't Waste Your Pretty hashtag, people use it to apply to all sorts of drama and dating relationship issues. They're like, absolutely not. Hashtag Don't Waste Your Pretty. It became part of a common lexicon in some circles, which I was like, oh, that's dope. But that's, I thought that was as far as it went. So now to, to see it headed, to see it on stage, performed by actors that I, I really love and respect, and then knowing that it's going to be a TV film, that we're going to go into production soon, that it's going to be on actually big screens and TV screens. There'll be screenings in multiple cities, so it'll be on a big screen. And then in your living room. That's crazy to me. It's been a long ride. I published Don't Waste Your Pretty in 2014. So to see it 
have a second act and new life is very wow to me. The actual event went well. The audience was riveted. There's one scene where this man and this woman have been pining for each other secretly, but they're finally confessing their love. Like 300 people in the audience. And as they're building up to what's inevitably going to be a kiss, you can hear a pin drop. I've read this scene a million times. I know exactly what's going to happen. I'm riveted nonetheless. They kiss. They committed to the kiss. They're actors. But they like tongued each other down. Like China's lipstick was left on Vershawn. He felt good about it. I was like, oh, okay. The audience hooted and hollered. And I was like, oh, good. They're invested. The third scene you know, like something plays out really well in your head and then an actual like theory is much different than application. Like they were reading it and it was cool. But I like there were places where like we thought the audience would laugh and it was like silence. And I was like, oh, OK, we have to rewrite that. Good to know now as opposed to later. This is the purpose of reads. OK, but it was good. It was all around a good time. There's a ton of people that I hadn't seen in a while who were down in Miami, mostly New Yorkers. One of my really good friends actually flew into town on Saturday. We ended up on her balcony looking at the ocean, drinking Prosecco until 3 o'clock in the morning. And I was like, this is a good life. I am pleased. I am very pleased. And then Sunday, Sunday my baby came by, Gia Peppers. It's my kid. I call her my kid. She calls me and, and redacted her Brooklyn parents. I love that kid. She's such a great girl. She's got a new show on BET.com, Black Coffee, every morning. It's it's Gia, Mark Labonte Hill, and they have a third they have a third host. I don't know his name. I'm sorry. But Gia and Mark Lamont Hill, I've known for a really long time. No offense to the third host. My bad. But I'm really super proud of Gia. She's been working so hard towards towards something. And this black coffee is is the something. She's wanted a regular TV gig for a really long time. So this is it for her. And she's she's thriving and excelling. It's one of those like, you just sort of know when people are in their purpose. She's in her purpose. I love that. Speaking of folks in their purpose. Remember last week, we were talking about Elaine Walter Ross' book, More Than Enough. And I was telling you need to get it on Audible. Her book hit the bestsellers list. I'm so proud of her. I've been along, not since the beginning of her ride, but since, I don't know, last 10 years of it. I remember when we quit our jobs the same week and we were like, what have we done? Did we do the right thing? Are we going to be okay? And she's good. Better than good. She's great. My first book, nor my second, I didn't expect the second one to, but my my first book, Bell in Brooklyn, didn't hit the New York Times bestsellers list. And I really, really, really wanted it to. It just wasn't in the cards at the time. But that's something that I've always wanted. I know that's something that Elaine always wanted. Anybody who puts out a book, like you want, you want it to hit the bestsellers list. So I'm super, super happy for her. I love seeing people live their dreams and walk in their purpose. And it's a really good book. I've been reading it in my, my downtime. Not during my sick time. Yesterday, I just laid in the bed and ordered a bunch of random stuff off the internet. I woke up this morning and was like, I'm going to return all of this. I bought a pair of Jordans. I don't even wear Jordans like that. I bought some linen sheets. Actually, not going to return those. I like my linen sheets. I bought some random dresses. So I'm going to Essence in a couple weeks. And I was like, oh, I need things to wear. I was like, I have like 
literally 500 dresses. I didn't even take all of them to LA. I, I have like 200 dresses in my closet in my parents' house. And I left like 150 dresses when I left New York. Like I was like, I do not need any more dresses. But I bought some more. I'm going to return all of them. That was like the meds and the illness and the feeling sorry for myself that made me buy like a bunch of dresses. But that's not the point. The point is, I'm still making my way through Elaine's book. It's really good. And if you would like to support Elaine's book, in fact, if you would like a copy of Elaine's audiobook, then you should head to Audible and you should download an audiobook of More Than Enough. In addition to Elaine's amazing book, Audible delivers other bestsellers, business, self-improvement, memoirs, and more, all professionally narrated by actors, authors, and motivational superstars. Audible members can get free access to the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Washington Post delivered daily to the Audible app. Now, Audible members are getting more than ever before. Members choose three titles every month, one audio book, plus two Audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else. If you are interested, you can start listening with a 30-day Audible trial and your first audiobook plus two Audible originals are free. Visit audible.com slash respectable or text respectable to 500-500. That's audible.com slash respectable or text respectable to 500-500. I've re-dyed my hair. It's the original color that it was supposed to be. So when I first dyed my hair, I actually dyed my hair in D.C. Everybody thinks I moved to L.A. and went blonde. And I was like, no, I don't know those colorists. I got my hair dyed in a place that's known for black blondes. D.C. has a ton of black blondes. So the day before I left for L.A., I go to get my hair done. And my colorist and I had talked about this. And I was like, oh, yeah, I want it blonde. She was like, all right, no problem. She showed her the picture. And then I get there only to discover, she was like, yeah, so when are you leaving? Because if you come back in two weeks, we can do blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, no, I'm leaving in the morning. And she was like, okay, I cannot take your hair from my natural hair color is very, very, very dark. It's not black, but it's like a deep, dark brown. And she was like, okay, I can't lift your hair from dark brown to platinum in a day without compromising your hair texture. She's like, I can do it. But I don't know if your curls are going to stay. Well, that's not an option. We went from brown to like this orangish reddish color that drove me nuts. I kept my hair in a ponytail for two weeks because I really just didn't care for the color. And I know it was like transitional. Technically, it was fine. I just didn't care for it. So then I highlighted it when I got to L.A. And then two weeks later, I bleached it again. So it got that platinum-y color. And I quite liked it. But it's kind of a lot. I didn't like the way it looked when I was on camera. So it wasn't the best look. So I was like, I probably need to tone it down. Got to DC. First thing I do when I get back is get it redyed. And she gave me exactly what I wanted. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful shade. It's like ash blonde. It's still got the balayage. So it's like the transitional color. It's too tame. It's beautiful. Technically, it's gorgeous. I'm probably about to go back in three days and, and get it redone. Darker. It's not enough contrast. It's, it's pretty. It's beautiful, but it's, it's pretty. I don't really like just pretty. I like edgy. I like extra. It's pretty. It's gorgeous. It just doesn't, to me, for me, it doesn't pop. But that's not the dumbest thing I've done since I've been here. 
I was supposed to walk a red carpet while I was in town. There's an event I was invited to. Kind of fun and fly. I'm not going to tell you what it is because I'm not able to go. So I went to my doctor. I went to get a facial. Last time I went to see her before I left, she pointed out that I have these little tiny moles. And she was like, you know, they're growing since the first time that you've come in. You should really consider them. You should really consider getting them removed. She was like, there's nothing to be concerned about. You know, they're genetic. You know, a lot of black people get them. But neither one of my parents have them. So I was like, that's weird. And they were both like, yeah, because we get them removed. Duh. So I'm at my doctor and I'm like, so yeah, I think today we'll have them removed. And she was like, okay, that's fine. I was like, does it hurt? And she was like, oh no, it doesn't hurt at all. I put numbing cream on it. You're, you'll be fine. You're great. So she put numbing cream on me and then she walks out the room for 20 minutes. She comes back and she's wiping the numbing cream off and I can feel everything. And I was just like, that doesn't really feel numb. Cause like, you know, I've had been numbed for stuff before. I get my eyebrows microbladed. Like I know what it feels like to be numbed. So she starts up with the, the process. It, it feels like my face is being electrocuted. Like there's, there's no other way to describe it. And then I'm trying to move cause I'm yelping and she just like holds my face steady and just keeps electrocuting me. She electrocuted my face 22 times when it was over. It was fine. I didn't feel anything. So I was like, oh, by the way, I probably should have asked this beginning. I was like, so like, it's fine, right? Like there's no scars. And she was like, oh, it's not going to scar. And I was like, so I'll be like good to go. Like I can wear makeup like in two days. Right. And she was like, mm, I wouldn't if I were you. And I was like, can I go in public? And she was like, yeah, like it's not bad. And I was like, what, what does it look like? So she hands me a mirror. I look like Dalmatian. I have like spots all over my face from where, you know, she's zapped me with some form of electricity and my face has already started to immediately scab over. She's like, oh, you'll be fine in two to three days. Unless you're one of those people that like takes a while to heal. I'm one of those people that takes a while to heal. So we're on what? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Friday. I still have a bunch of scabs all over my face. It looks like somebody took like a little needle and just like doot, 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 did needlework on my little face. It doesn't even look like freckles. It looks like I got stabbed in the face 22 times. <sighs> this is my life. So it's actually good that I got sick because I would have gone to New York and gone to see like all my friends. They're like, oh, I'm having a lovely L.A. life. I'm doing a whole twirl. You should come visit. And they'd be like, what, what kind of violence is happening? Because you like you've been stabbed in the face 22 times. I'm good on L.A. It wouldn't be good for my recruitment. I want to go home. I can't travel even if I wanted to. I mean, I could. But like I have a head cold. And if you've ever been on a plane with a head cold, it's not a good idea. I got to stop acting like being here is the worst thing ever. It's perfectly lovely. It's wonderful. I just want to go home. I'd say I missed my bed, but I'm still sleeping on an air mattress. Although the latest bed that I ordered, if you've been following the saga of the bed, we're on bed number three from company number three. Bed number three allegedly has arrived at my building. I'm not getting excited until the bed is actually assembled. That's part of the reason I want to go home because I want to get the bed in the apartment and then call my tasker. I have a wonderful tasker. This black guy named Lodrick. He's amazing. So I want to get my bed put together. And then put my new linen sheets on it. This is the life I could be living. That's it for this week, folks.
He get an update on my life. I haven't really watched the news. I saw Joe Biden is saying dumb shit, which I'm like, you're the presumptive nominee. Why are you out here talking about like, oh, yeah, nobody ever called me boy because you're white. And boy is used as an insult for black people. I get along with racists. Is this necessary for you to throw out in the world? I mean, I'm sure this is his way of courting the Trump base somehow. But I'm like, you're alienating the black base. Like, what are are you doing? As the presumptive nominee, all you really need to do at this point, sir, hold babies. Hold and kiss babies. Not adult women. You got in trouble for that already. I tried to defend him. I was like, Joe Biden is on some grandpa shit. He doesn't really realize the wrong he's doing. Let's give him a pass here as long as he stops. At this new shit. No. I saw Iman on the cover of Essence. I wasn't really sure it was Iman. I saw the cover line that said Iman, Sierra, and Tiana Taylor. And so I first thought it was Sierra, but then I saw the Sierra cover and I was like, no, that's Sierra. And then I saw the Tiana cover and I was like, that's beautiful. Sierra's was as well. But I was like, oh, these covers are gorgeous. And I was like, who is this new actress, model, entertainer named Iman? Because that's not Chanel Iman. But I was like, who is this Iman? Because that's not Iman, the supermodel that we all know Iman, because that Iman is in her 60s and the woman on this cover appears to be in her 20s. And then after a good hard stare, I was like, oh, they photoshopped the fuck out of her. It's a beautiful cover. Like as an image, it's a beautiful image. It's gorgeous. It's a beautiful cover. Some of Essence's best work in years. Beautiful. But I didn't know that was Iman. They don't even look like Iman. Iman, they don't even look like Iman when Iman was 20. Beautiful cover, though. And I feel compelled to say that Iman, at 62, is a good-looking woman. I know that every cover has some degree of Photoshop. I mean, that's just, that's the world we live in. But I was like, I feel like you could have made her look like a a beautiful woman in her her 60s. Or as black people, because, you know, you'd be in your 60s, but you look like you... Late 40s, early 50s, that's fine. But I was like, I, I would have been totally comfortable with them, you know, making her look like a woman who's of age. The late 40s, early 50s, that would have been beautiful. I honestly didn't recognize Iman. I was like, Sierra got two covers? No, it's Iman. I haven't kept up with anything else. I'm sure there are other things that are important to talk about, but between traveling and working and being sick, Yeah. So that's all I got. Oh, I didn't do my daily harvest drop. I know a bunch of y'all are ordering it because you're putting it in your stories and you're tagging me. Thank you so much. So if you've been getting daily harvest, absolutely take pictures and videos and tag me and I'll share them in my own stories. It's good, right? If you're trying to join me and the rest of demigods and billionaires on our daily harvest kick, I'll tell you how. You can go to daily-harvest.com and enter promo code RESPECTABLE to get three cups free in your first Daily Harvest box. That's promo code RESPECTABLE for three free Daily Harvest cups at daily-harvest.com. Daily-harvest.com. If you're not a regular listener to the podcast, Daily Harvest delivers carefully sourced, chef-crafted smoothies, savory bowls, overnight oats, and more. 
Everything stays fresh in your freezer until you're ready to eat it, and you can choose from more than 50 nourishing options for any time of day. Each single-serving cup takes one step to prepare. Just add water or milk to a smoothie. I do almond milk, but you can do regular milk if you like. Or you can just heat up a harvest bowl. Daily Harvest is the easiest, most delicious way to load up on fruits and vegetables first thing in the morning, before bed, and any time in between. So if you are interested, once again, you can head to daily-harvest.com, daily-harvest.com, and you can use the promo code RESPECTABLE. Get three cups free in your first Daily Harvest box. That's promo code RESPECTABLE. R-E-S-P-E-C-T-ABLE. Also, if you want to download a copy of Elaine Welteross More Than Enough, her audiobook, you can head to audible.com slash respectable or text respectable to 500-500. That's audible.com slash respectable or text respectable to 500-500. It's a really good read. Highly recommended. Get one for you. You got a daughter, get one for her too. It's a really good read. Not just saying that because she's a close friend, but really good read. She's a journalist, so she knows how to write, but she's also got some great insight about getting through life, enjoying the highs and managing the lows. So definitely more than enough. Give that a listen. All right. That's all, folks. My meds are wearing off. You can hear my nose starting to stuff up. I'm going to take more Theraflu get in the damn bed and at some point buy a one-way ticket back to LA I gotta go home thank you as always for tuning in my apologies again for the lateness of this podcast fun fact next week's probably gonna be late too cause I think I'm gonna have to travel on Wednesday or Thursday I'll do my best I promise you thanks for tuning in Always appreciate you. And we'll talk soon when I'm not sick next week. Bye.